It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. On 1116 SEM, the award-winning crunch time. Say H-Year to a free exclusive service pack across a wide range of models. Search Honda Offers. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Graham swoops, kicks inside 50. Lynch! Tom Lynch with a set shot early in a preliminary final at a near-capacity MCG. It's the stuff of dreams from 49 out. He hit it beautifully. Tom Lynch lives the moment. And his kick went to Myers, who is hot. How hot? Burning hot! From 40 metres out, the dreadlocks are flying everywhere. Slipped it to Kelly. Barged his way clear. Took the shot at goal. Oh. Tim Kelly's value soars by the minutes. <laughs> that is a superb goal. At the back, Parfit or Narkle. Narkle! Adds that extra little sparkle on a Friday night as the Cats come back and take the lead to a game high. 19 points. Revolt Blue knocked it out the back to Martin. The Tigers with it all out of salt at the start of the third term. Presti is going to kick it to the teeth of goal. He's after Lynch. He marks it. Towering grab from the full forward. Well. Opponents to the left, opponents to the right. He had a presence. Lynch puts the Tigers in front. He hand passed to Prestia, had a good look, a good look, and he fired it through, and he likes what he sees. They are so close now, they can touch it, they can feel it, and the disappointment of last year's preliminary final is about to be wiped away. And last year's theatre of heartbreak is this year's rite of passage for Richmond. They win the preliminary final by 19 points and book their place in the 2019 grand final. At half-time, we didn't look like it. I thought Geelong were all over us, played a terrific brand of footy, made a couple of changes that, you know, that worked. So, But the reality is the players dug deep and thought played a uh, Richmond style of game in the second half and all credit goes to them. A rampaging second half propels Richmond back to the grand final. A carefully orchestrated plan with a perfect sense of timing has the Tigers on the edge of glory. It's clear whatever our failings, we've got a group of players that don't give up. But right at the moment, we're just not quite good enough. But when when the dust settles a bit, we'll rue the opportunity lost, but uh, look forward to finding a way to improve. How does Geelong bridge the gap when so much is poised to change? We'll debate what comes next for Chris Scott and the Cats. I thought the difference between the week before and this week was the money shot and that had to be explained away and it was pretty hard to do that. Yeah, I'm bitterly disappointed. We thought we had a strong case. I'm looking forward to Saturday and supporting my teammates. The process is clear and transparent. We'll have different views about what the, what the facts say, but absolutely treated on its merits. The MRO... He's out of form and probably at the wrong time of the year. The system 
has failed Toby Green this week. I'm flabbergasted. I'm devastated for Toby. This is a prelim final. And if this was a Collingwood player, there would be uproar. And after a week on war footing, the Giants take to the battlefield looking to harness the anger. What lies in store when the Giants and Magpies square up in the twilight at the MCG? This is the preliminary finals edition of Crunch Time for Honda. Say H-Year to a free exclusive service pack across a wide range of models. Search Honda offers and the new hot grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. It was an enthralling preliminary final. It was a perfect encapsulation of the season. Geelong made the running strongly for the first half, but once the Tigers locked in, once they got their system rolling, they were superior in prospect and superior in practice. Eight eights after halftime, 11 in a row. We have our Premiership favourite. Jared Waitley with you for Crunch Time. David King is with me. Good morning. Morning, guys. Uh, brilliant final weekend. It, it just has it all. I mean, we, we, we wait all year for this weekend. This is the purest footy you'll get. Emotion everywhere. Packed house. Um, some players starring, some really struggling. And you, and you just enjoy the fight. You enjoy the fight that... I, I'll tell you what I enjoyed. I enjoyed the fight Jack Rewalt had last night. And, 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 he, and he did nothing for the night, let's be honest. But the, the, the two or three things he did were huge. And we'll talk about it later. But that, that to me, is prelim final weekend in, in a nutshell. Some are going to struggle, but what can you get out of those guys? What can you get out of a team that's on the canvas? And, and they, they found a way. I don't know how, but they found a way, Richmond. Dermot Barrett welcome. Morning, Jared. Morning, Kingy. The best team last year didn't win the Premiership. They had a hiccup in preliminary final week. They added the best key forward that was on the market, so they got better. Then they lost the best key defender. So they're sort of line ballish, even though they've had their trials and tribulations along the way in the first half of the season. They are deservedly favourites, but Geelong did the competition, those two, which we call the remaining competition, a favour last night. They restricted the best team in the competition, Richmond, to 19 forward 50 entries in the first half. And whichever, both of the coaches, you still got to look forward to today's match as coach, but both of those coaches would have gone there last night and gone, aha, first half, that's how you get to Geelong. Just happens to be that Richmond are better at the grind than everyone else and they'll grind it out for longer than probably 17 other teams. But what's to suggest that you can't do that for three quarters and you can stave off the grind if you are GWS or Collingwood? We'll talk about that in in and how you do that a little bit uh, down the track this hour, but Richmond were... Yeah, once again, their grind is better than everyone else's. 
once the heat was on. And Kane Corns rounds out our team on Kane. Crunch Time. Kane, welcome. Ah, uh, Jared, what what a game it was, as Kingy said, and Derm. It just finals footy and and encapsulated all of that. And uh, what a team Richmond are. I, I remember doing this show on the morning after Alex Rance went down with his knee, and we were dissecting what it means for the Tigers. They're then seven and six at the bye. They lose Rewalt. They don't have a ruck, Ruckman for for most of the year, and they're twenty points down in a prelim final at halftime after what happened to them in the corresponding prelim last year, and they do that in the third quarter. So just credit to Damien Hardwick and, and what a master coach and tactician he has become, and his players eat up every word that he delivers, and they go out and execute because that third quarter was as good as you are going to see under adversity, and just tip my hat to, to the Richmond Footy Club as as we go to air this morning. Sort of new coming out of halftime that if Geelong could get 10 minutes of nothingness as opposed to Richmond's yeah. to be yeah. hard and fast. Remember when the Tigers used to be, they were an emotional team who played emotional football and a lot of it was dictated by the score. They are so far, they have advanced so far from that point. Their assuredness, um, the the mechanical tinkerings that they made, but but right from the first moment, they win holding the ball when Cochin grabs hold of Stanley and they're down and they're in. And then they're in again and Lynch is kicking goals for them, and, and revolts fly in that pack to edge it out the back to Martin rather than trying against three to market himself. Masterful stuff. The shifty well, that, little yeah. side of me too, uh, Kane, was that if I look at it, and oh, I thought the Tigers had cause to be cautious last night. If you look at the timeline of what Gerald was just talking about, you go back to they finished ninth, 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 they sneak mm. into the finals mm. out in, in the first game, out in the first game, out in the first game. Their timeline of success, it's had one blip, and that was a premiership going going in the opposite direction. Last year, a failure in the finals when they were the best team. They've had one blip, and that was successful. I, I was thinking, it couldn't happen to them again, could it? They couldn't be that unfortunate. But this is a different team to anything we've seen beside, be, you know, before this era. What they are to me, Kingy, is just so even. Like, even last night, Lynch kicks five. He's best on ground. We get that. But he hasn't done that a lot this year. I know he's kicked 60 goals for the year, but they're just so even. They've had Dustin Martin star at times, but he was a bit up and down last night. They've had three players over 20 disposals last night. And Cotchin's touched it 14 times. You mentioned Rewalt. He had, what, four kicks last night, Jack Rewalt. You know, <laughs> Pressure was good. These, these guys, Caddy... They hardly touched the ball last night. Yeah. Grimes didn't have as big an influence as he had. Rioli had nine possessions. You know, it's just such an even side. Um, and, you know, they just pl- all play their role better than any other team in the comp. I, I don't think I've seen Basher Hooley play a better game than that. That, that mm. start of that third quarter you're talking about, he was the one that turned the game. He was the one that said, um, we're just not getting, we're not going to get beaten on a wing or a halfback fleet. We're just, we're just not. And I'm going to rebound with power. And we're going to come through the corridor. We're going to be aggressive. Cochin lifted. He's tackling in that start of that third quarter. You went, wow, geez, the captain's trying to – he's trying to shake momentum here. He's trying to get the boys going. I, I thought it was a, a, a wonderful coaching performance by Chris in the first half, and we'll get to what he did mm. down the track. And he took – he disarmed Richmond in a lot of ways, and he, he stopped the, the way they want to score. So that, that that's you've got to, you've got to appreciate that for a half of football. But it, it is – what Richmond do without the football – is the best yeah. in the competition. Yeah. And yeah. it's as simple as that. It's not – we all want to watch teams with the ball. What are they doing? Are they, are they handballing? Are they going through the corridor? Are they are they playing safe? But what, what Richmond do without the ball is that far the best, it's got them to a grand final. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And Jared, you're the voice of reason amongst us all here. And the other the other two it's who not sit it's not hard when you look <laughs> <laughs> the other the other two I hardly hardly suspect that they're going to be a voice of reason. <laughs> Half time. I'm watching from the sidelines. Leave I've got there, a feel I've got a clip of you on the way through. I'm watching from the sidelines, ground level. Blitzarves lines up against Caddy. Caddy sort of elbows him, gets him in the his elbow, and it develops into a back and forward as soon as the other one takes his eyes away, punching each other in the arm. <laughs> According to last Saturday night's game, is that in the spirit of the game? Yeah, there's nothing that precedes that. Even though you're on the ground at your choice? Yep, yep. Oh, I reckon without losing our minds over it, last week was really clear. A player had really hurt his arm that everybody knew and you could everybody see. had seen. You could see. Yep. And yep. he chose to stay on. Yep. And it was being shared by the two of them. So this wasn't Stratton versus Fantasia where an umpire, umpire intervention would have been entirely welcome but was never there. If they're both engaging in it, go for your lives until one mm. of you does something that's reportable or worthy of a free kick. So to tug at his arm, bump into it, backhand onto it, you say that is illegal and out of the spirit of the game on a play Charlie Cameron last week. No, no. My only point in that is the umpire stopped that from escalating into having to pay a free kick. So if that had gone on and on and on and on, he was going to feel obliged to pay a free kick. Is so it his to choice cut to? that off, it clearly is his choice to because he has not only been instructed but he's been endorsed in the aftermath. So it's not his personal choice. This is his instruction. Okay, so but that, if you're that, that comes engaged, back yeah. to the, yeah, I'm just following instructions. If you and King are engaging so, out on the wing, go for your lives until one of you does something That's ridiculous. A risk. That's a so, risk. Yeah, what I get back to, though, there has been a previous action. Something's gone on. It is that player who suffered that injury. It is his choice to stay on. Yes, it is. It is. And it's the choice of the other player to antagonise him. It's also the choice of the player, of the umpire to go, I'm not going to tolerate this. And so it's up to you. I'll tell you, you can keep doing it, but eventually I'm going to pay a free kick against you. So you choose. Which is different. I'm just, only I'm just laying it out for yeah. you, Derm. Yeah. You I know, choose. I know. But only you can keep doing this to. for the rest of the night if you yeah. like, but I'm going to pay a free yeah. kick. So I just want to give you a so fair warning. So that's why I want to ask you. It's only according to the injury previously sustained, an action of X amount of force, whatever it is, as opposed to an action of X amount of force, whatever it is, on somebody who has a previous injury from the game and decides to stay out there. No, What's the difference? If Stratton, if an umpire had called a free kick on Stratton against Fantasia to bring that to a close, that umpire would have been applauded. And he would have curtailed a scenario that ended up in a multiple week suspension. Yeah, and, and so it goes back to what you said. That wasn't an injured that player. That was his choice. It was one player engaging and one player yeah, who was the clear victim of it. That was Stratton's choice. Yeah. yeah. So, but what the umpires, what we're getting at here is that what, uh, what was happening there wasn't outside the rules unless the player was previously injured, which is his choice to stay on. Yeah. So I think. I, I, I battled with it. And last night when I saw Blitzarves and Caddy. Clearly, it's smarted when they punched each other backwards and forwards to the elbow. I'm thinking, is that in the spirit of the game? <laughs> Let's a bigger, bigger. It's yeah. a wider issue for something for another point in time. You went for Tom Lynch really early in his career. You had him as the, one of the top three players in the competition, yep. well ahead of time. Last night on the biggest stage that he's ever seen, the reason that he moved back, yeah. that's it. That, that he's the powerhouse full forward you saw years ago. Oh, he's reaching. 
I always thought he could be Carey-like if he had a sidestep, if he had sideways movement and agility. He doesn't. So you work with what you've got, and what you've got is a monster engine. People who out there, they look at this boy who's 198 centimetres, he's six foot six, and they think, well, he's going to lumber to the ball, he can take a mark and whatever. He drill runs as hard as anyone in the competition. He is an, uh, 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 an endurance beast and he will run to it, he will charge at it, he will fly at it. He's a wonderful, wonderful player. I, I was, we, as you saw, David, I had the chance to interview him in the rooms after the game last night and I've met Tom yeah. many, many times over the journey. Last night was the first time I saw genuine childlike enjoyment of his life right now. It, it, it is... And we talk about the things, the great things that happen in your life, family, business and whatever. But for Tom Lynch, I dare say when that final siren went last night or when he was convinced the win was for Richmond and he was going to a grand final, I dare say that was possibly the best moment of his life, mm, yeah. his sporting mm. life at the very least It was, right a, it was a, a big moment for two clubs, massive moment for Richmond and a horrible moment for the Gold Coast Suns. Mm. It basically said... This is what's open to you if you are prepared to walk and come to the big towns and play serious football. It was, it was, I couldn't help but feel that. I couldn't help but feel the competition. But he stayed there nine years. Talk, yeah, he was there I, nine I years. That. I get all yeah. that. I get all that. But the lure of 95,000 people screaming for you on preliminary final weekend bypasses anything you want to throw up. Mm. Tenure, performance, honour. Um, integrity. It, it just said, you know what? This is what's available. Particularly when you got Prestia doing the same for the other other yeah. side, and he's one yeah. of their first round draft picks as well. Uh, he took four contested marks last night, Jared. I reckon, you know, we look at stats in finals. I, I just reckon contested marks are one of just this one of the most important things. We saw it early with with Radigalia, like just down the line, big contested mark. I mean, the pressure that that takes off. So, uh, Mason Cox took what did he take a, a nine contested marks or something in in last year's prelim final. So to have a player stand up and do that. I mean, that's why you pay big key forwards the big money and a seven-year contract. And that's why midfielders come and go, but you've got a big key forward that wants to come to your club. And I just wonder if Sydney and John Longmire are thinking, mm, we've got Joe Danaher, could he be that guy for us? Uh, and would Essendon be watching? We can't let key forwards like a Tom Lynch leave because they're just so valuable on the big stage. I told you a few weeks ago there's a big fish and you, you laughed at me. <laughs> you laughed at me. Can we talk about the first half? Because in the first half, Richmond want to score from forward half pressure. They want to get the ball in there any which way. You know, chaos ball, they call it. They're not a great stoppage team, but they're a great territory team. You get it in there, lock it in, let Rioli and Castagna and um, Bolton go to work to force turnovers and score. In that first half, Richmond had not one score from forward half turnovers, not one point. They averaged close to six goals a game. Mm, it was all and, burst. And that six goals is, is in the end, is, is is your bread and butter. You know, the rest are trimmings. Mm. So they, they basically aim for, let's call it 12 goals a week. And half of them come from forward half turnovers. From their pressure, their, their, their want to put the opposition into complete chaos and turmoil in their back half. And Geelong played a game last night that didn't allow that. And at halftime, I thought, you know what, if they can keep this going, I was a bit with you, Jude, even just for 15 minutes, 
and make give Richmond two problems: give them the scoreboard and the clock as as a secondary problem. And I'll give you another third: anxiety. Yeah, yeah. They it made becomes... some errors in the first half, taking the ball too long. Richmond, Richmond, um, uh, was it short? I think went into into the forward line and blazed away, and he he, he could not have picked out a Ge- the Geelong defender better. That I thought they they actually had a very fine touch of panic in the first half, uh, slamming it onto the boot thing. Got to get it forward. They were very well organised, Geelong, and that's what. I was alluding to before, they restricted the Tigers to 19 entries inside 50 in the forward because they didn't get those the first repeat. Half. Your inside 50s come from somewhere. What's the origin of them? Yeah, they scored two of their four goals from centre bounces. So they're, they're a bonus goal, really. That's pure play. Six, six. So they've really scored two goals in general play for 60 minutes of footy. So your inside 50s have to, ev- have to eventuate from something. So usually it's in, out, in, out, in, out that you get multiple inside 50s. So if you've had if you've had 30 in, inside 50s for a half, most of those are going to become from repeat inside 50s. They're not going to come uh, yeah. from pure play down the ground. Or in your half of the ground, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so repeat opportunities. So I thought you've got to give credit to Geelong. They, they had 32 inside 50s in the first half and I mm. couldn't help but think if Tom Hawkins... Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> if if Tom... I'll let you loose on that, Kane. Yeah. Just hold your horses. <laughs> or Kane, come with me. If Tom Hawkins was... De- I know they were doing awesome things at ground level, but they just needed... Start that third, the start of the third quarter when Lynch marked that ball, went back and kicked an absolute dart straight mm. through the heart of the goals and the whole crowd went, oh, we're good here, we're good. And the players, you can see, hey, hey, things are fine here. If they had had Hawkins at the other end do the same... It just could have been the turning point. Yeah. All right, so Kane, we'll let you loose on this okay, yeah, and then moment. Just hold, sorry, yeah, what, what we did, we asked Richmond, fire. could we have one of the players yep. who hasn't experienced this before? So Jaden Short had won his place in the Richmond side in 2017. He lost it late in the season. He was an emergency. Since then, he's been a fixture. This year, he went through the dislocated elbow. Now he's going to a grand final for the first time. So Jaden Short coming up on crunch time. Later this hour, we will open the rapid tune open line. We'll keep you moving. one 736 736 uh, We'll get to that shortly. This is crunch time for Honda. Say H-year to a free exclusive service pack across a wide range of models. Search Honda offers and the new grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. The Tigers are into the 2019 grand final. For 17 of them, that is... A repeat experience. For five, it was something new, and Jaden Short is one of those. Jaden, great to have you with us on Crunch Time. Thanks for having me, boys. Cheers. What was the what did go through you at the final siren last night? Oh, it was um yeah, obviously very exciting. Obviously a fair few nerves um up until you know, so it was sort of three quarter time and um you sort of didn't know which way I was gonna go. But yeah, that final siren it was sort of this um, very exciting, and I was yeah, wrapped to be a part of it this year. Just walk us back through your journey. So you were in the 2017 side as late as round 18, and you were an emergency for the grand final. What, what did you What did you learn from it? What did you take from it? How has that sat with you in the next couple of years? Oh yeah, so I've obviously moved on now, and I've learned, learned some great lessons from that. And um, you know, obviously, it was still a great experience to be a part of the, the team for for a long part of the year. But uh, obviously, missed out in 2017 was pretty disappointing for myself, but. Um, it was great for the club to, to get there and obviously get the win. But, yeah, I learned a few, th- few things. It's obviously hard work and um, your spot's never guaranteed. So you always got to work for that. And, um, 
yeah, I'm lucky enough to be here now. So you you made that spot your own whenever you've been fit since. What what did you devote yourself to in the aftermath? Yeah, probably mainly my strengths, I guess. Um, just sort of playing my game and um, just bringing bringing my my strengths the best I could each week and sort of uh, let my footy do the talking and yeah, sort of not trying to do anything I can do and just sort of play play the way I do and um, it's sort of. I think it's, I think it's worked for me a little bit, and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying my footy. Jaden, congratulations on making it to the grand final, and best of luck for next week. You've got a group of boys there that were where you were two years ago, and I looked around the rooms last night and I see guys like Dan Butler. How does that group, when they train with you, what what's the mood amongst that group? I mean, they're the guys that have been there before; they're not getting the run yep. this time. Are they still up? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's sort of yeah, it's a, it's a feeling. I sort of always in a position two years ago, and I sort of know you know what they would be feeling. But um, if you do come down to our training and you have a look at the way they act, and um, you know with the smiles on their faces, it's just amazing that um, they're so positive, and uh, it's just a great place to be. And you sort of they help you so much because they're so positive and uh, the way they go about it, and uh, it just sort of helps us boys yeah, um, in the scenes at the moment. Yeah, it does. I'm really interested in one other name, too, who's come back into the fold recently and he'll be playing in the grand final this weekend, Sydney Stack. How's he been at training? Yeah. Oh, he's sort of... He's been everywhere. He's, sort of, he's been stuck in rehab and I'm, um, he's probably never been sort of injured uh, for this long. And probably this time of the year is probably a bad timing. But, um, you know, he's doing his rehab and he's smashed all that. And um, for a young kid to, to be able to come back from a surgery within you know, three or four weeks, it's pretty amazing to give yourself the opportunity to play in the uh, Venezuela Grand Final. So, um, no, it's it's amazing what he's done and uh, the work he's put in. He's put a lot of hours into his rehab and stuff like that. So, um, he's coming around the boys and still it's been amazing. He's, he's, an, he's up and about character. He loves to sing and dance and stuff like that. So, we love having him around. Last one from me before I throw it over to the boys. Half time, you're three and a bit goals down. Things aren't going the way you would have planned them. We know Richmond are going to keep grinding it out. What's the demeanour of the coach like at halftime? Is he telling guys off for doing or not doing things that they probably would have talked about? Is he up? Is he calm? Is he animate? What was the coach at halftime? Oh, Dim is always um, pretty calm. He's sort of he's reiterating what we want to do as a football team and sort of bringing us back to to what we can do and, um, you know, obviously things we can improve on throughout the game, but, no, he's never, he's never sort of having a, having a crack at blokes or anything like that. He's always pretty calm and um, just giving us positive, positive reinforcements that um, we are good enough and um, our best is good enough. So, just, you know, have a, have a good crack this quarter and um, and it obviously worked at the halftime speak, so that was good. I remember when you were just number 45 running around <laughs> on the halfback flank, Jaden. It's an amazing journey, isn't it? Can, can you actually believe you're in a grand final? No, yeah, it's, it's pretty hard to believe. You know, I sort of, you look back to 2017 and I saw, I missed that. You sort of think, geez, um, back come around too often. Uh, you know, we'll never get another opportunity, you know, give myself a good crack at it. And um, obviously, it's a, it's a great place to be. And I'm just wrapped that I, I get an opportunity, um, you know, on the last day. So, yeah, I'm very thankful. And it's a great bunch, great bunch to be a part of. And it's just fun, and, you know, it's just, this is what you play footy for, and I'm just about to be a part of it. Well, let us into the Richmond Footy Club a little bit. I mean, you, you come in, they just want you, and you just touched on it before, they want you to play to your strengths. They want you to enjoy what you're very good at. At half time, do, do you readdress and say, okay, what do I need to do? Because I look to your left, and you've got Basher Hooley, 
who just said, no, no, not, not tonight, not, not on my watch. And what, what does that what does that do for you as a half-back flanker standing next to him? Oh, I just think it brings so much confidence. You know, Basha, he, he plays to his strengths, you know, week in, week out, and he sort of he, he grabs, a, uh, grabs a game by the scruff of his neck basically every week, and um, he sort of gets the ball and makes things happen for us. So, yeah, to have him next to me and uh, just gives me great confidence that, um, you know, I should be able to back myself and uh, do what I can do as well. So, yeah, to have him there and um, just have him do it every week, it's sort of, it's very beneficial for me and just seeing, you know, that it, it, it can work. So, yeah, it's great to have him there. What, what does Damien say in the post-match? I mean, where, where does he go to? Does he go the emotional? Does he go, OK, this is the week? Does he does he just lay it out how it is? I mean, you've been there before. We, we, we understand that. But what was the post-match like? Yeah, it was sort of, you know, obviously congratulating us and, um, you know, obviously, we, it's a great achievement to even get to a preliminary final. So um, to actually come back from two round points points down and, and get the win, he was he was pretty uh, pretty happy, and obviously all of us were. So yeah, it's sort of this uh, enjoying enjoying the win um, as it was, and he yeah, sort of look forward to this week. He sort of said, you know, embrace this week and um, you know take it all in because they don't really come around too often. So um, yeah, now was, he was awesome in the, in the post match, and yeah, he's looking forward to the week now. What happens uh, now, Jane? You get together and, and watch the game together tonight, or does everyone go their separate ways and, and just hope? I guess it's uh, it's pretty physical. Yeah, well, no, we haven't got any. I haven't got any plans to uh, watch, the, watch the game with a big group or anything like that. But I'll certainly be watching it. Um, yeah, that's it. You sort of you hope for a big physical game, and uh, they're, they're two great teams. And yeah, I'm just looking forward to, to watching that tonight as well. What about uh, Jack Graham? I guess we dislike and really hate hard luck stories in grand finals. How was he in the rooms after the game? Is he confident of getting up? Can you give us an insight into what his mood was like? Yeah, obviously it was sort of uh, a little bit disappointing for him, and he's, he's obviously he's already had a shoulder shoulder reconstruction on one arm, but I'm not sure um, if this one's going to need one or anything. I think he's having some scans this afternoon, but. He sort of he was in a positive attitude, a positive mindset, and sort of um, I think he's just praying that he gets some good results back in the scans. And as we all are, uh, you know, he still finished. I think he finished the game with the second highest pressure point and our second highest tackles for the game. He's obviously a dislocated shoulder in the first quarter, so uh, he's some great spirit for him, and uh, he's just a great teammate and someone I love playing with. Yeah. At one point uh, during the game, it was either um, Soldo or Nan Curvis on the bench. I think they ended up playing sort of 55 and 60% game time respectively. Do you, do you think that's realistic to be able to carry those two into, into a big grand final? Or, in your opinion, may they go with another runner? No, I'm, I'm loving playing with both of them and I think it's, yeah, it's working. So I think, yeah, I love running out there, having them by my side. And um, they're obviously great teammates and great players and um, they're both doing both doing the best they can and yeah it's, it's amazing to have them in the team so yeah i like it Jaden, great to have you with us uh, enjoy the week and the very best of luck for next saturday beautiful thanks for having me guys cheers Jaden short one of the five tigers who hasn't been there before what a, he's got a move on him too Derm. he can carry the ball and mm. he's got a step he's he's one of those players that when they get it you don't know where it's going to finish it, it could it could be on angles it could be straight line but you generally get you generally get 70 metres out of a Jaden Short disposal. Yeah, I think they've got a few of those as well. Yeah, Kingy, yeah. like uh, Bolton, uh, Rioli, of course. Edwards has been doing it for a long time. You mentioned Short. Um, so uh, uh, there's a couple of others as well. So Vloston's got that Ash. step as well. So they, they, they've got guys that can carry the footy, and that's why they don't need a lot of disposals. Just, you know, 311 disposals last night. But they make uh, each touch pretty damaging. What, what he does to 
the defenders. The defenders like to take assertive, what they call assertive position. In our days, you call that playing in front by five <laughs> or ten metres. Uh, but when Jaden Short gets the ball and he's able to get six or seven steps into it before he kicks, that opposition defender in assertive position has to draw back a bit because he can clear that 50-metre area between him, the kicker, and the assertive defender over the back to where uh, a Tom Lynch was last night, he's just so penetrating by foot. Jared, I don't want to be taken out of context here, so I just want to table this, OK? Right. Just table this. <laughs> if Mark Blitzarves played on Tom Lynch in round 12 and kept him to one goal and eight disposals, why wouldn't he do it again? Tabled. We're going to let Kane loose on the Cats shortly. Yep. Thank you. Russell Barley from day. Unibet. Get footy fill-ups every week at unibet.com.au. Russ, welcome. Hello, Russ. Oh, Russ is in That's there somewhere. Great. We'll uh, clear our break and come back to him. This is crunch time for Honda and for Subway. Kane on the Cats in a moment. Russell Barwick from Unibet. Russ, welcome. G'day, Jared. G'day, everyone. Looking forward to this one. And the punters who've uh, found Richmond and have jumped in to them big time last night. I've butted up again with the pies today. Dollar, well, you probably could have got a dollar forty earlier in the week when uh, then Toby Green goes out, Lockie Whitfield goes out. They're now a dollar thirty, and the line's an enticing twenty-two and a half. If you're a Giants fan, they subsequently out to three dollars fifty. Uh, while I've got it, Richmond now a dollar fifty-three to win the grand final. The pies at two eighty-five. And GWS at $13. So if you fancy one of the outsiders, GWS, you might want to get on at that $13 to win the flag. Um, in the other games, I can tell you, we are also betting the uh, reserves, Richmond reserves, $1.53, Williamstown, $2.50 in that game later on today. And the footy fill-ups are there on the website, one for both Ty uh, Pies fans and also Giants fans as well. And the Brownlow medal, up and going and all sorts of action. And he might not have won last night, Danger, but he is favoured to win the Brownlow, $2.60 for Monday night's medal count. And in the Rugby League, Melbourne Storm, short price favourites to beat Parramatta tonight at Amy Park. Melbourne, $1.38. Parramatta, $3.05. Plenty of racing on today, Jared. Unlimited boosts until you collect with Unibet's reboost. So go to the website all the conditions are there for you to see and all of the other bits and pieces as well as the Rugby World Cup. But as always, gamble responsibly. Thanks, Russ. Get legendary tips on At Odds with Junior Fletch and Hammer. Watch the latest episode at unibet.com.au. Kane Corns, give us your thesis on Geelong. Well, I just think the ship might have sailed, unfortunately. And we just got to sort of release the emotion a little bit at the moment and just uh, let it all digest and get the facts as they come to hand. But it's going to be tough for them. Um, 20 points up in a prelim final. You've got the opportunity to go through to your first grand final in a long time. Dangerfield's now 29. He's third unsuccessful prelim final at the Cats. Ablett, who knows? Harry Taylor, who knows? Selwood's 31 and um, is playing well and's probably got a good couple of seasons left in him. But who knows there? Tim Kelly's going to go. Wasn't he unbelievable last night? And you've got Tom Hawkins sitting in the stands. I, I just think it's going to be a really tough off-season for... Tom Hawkins, and it would have been tough for him to head down to the change rooms last night, considering you spoke about it, Kingy, 32 entries in the first half. If he was there, would they have gone up 
you know, 30 points up at half time and essentially game over and through to a through to a grand final. So has the ship sailed and how would Tom Hawkins be feeling considering it's the ninth time he's been suspended, six of those for striking, and he just didn't need to do it. So he shouldn't escape scrutiny for, for that action in the final against West Coast and it would have been a pretty tough night for him and a long off-season. Yeah, it's a tough one to, to wake up today and say, OK, what, what, what did we get right, what did we get wrong? from a Geelong point of view, because they got so much right in that first half. And, mm, and if, it had yes. have, if they had been able to you know, replicate that to, to, to 70% of their ability in the second half, they're in a grand final. So it's really hard to talk negatively about their output for one given game. But I, I keep coming back to that first final. If you win that first final, you get the week off. You're not talking about Hawkins being suspended. He's not up for that sort of opportunity. You're not worrying about injuries. You're not banged up. You're coming in fresh. It does have an impact. It's, it is so difficult to win four finals or playing four finals to win the flag. It really is. And we saw Collingwood run, what, three minutes short last year. It, it is bloody hard. So I just think you have to get everything right. And that's why I was so critical a fortnight ago. And people say, oh, you've gone too hard. I've gone too hard because that's your flag. That's it. So, you know, without Hawkins last night, you know, radically tried. They all, they all tried. You know, not have a go at anyone. But they were just short. They were just short one playmaker. Like Blinks. a Tom Lynch. Like a Tom Lynch, Cornsy, to say, yeah. this, this, give it, get it to me. I'm if your man. It, I mean, Hawkins was just so good the week before as well. So he's coming in in really good form. He, he made McGovern and Co look silly the week before, and yeah. you think he would have, um, you know, if he played to seventy percent of the output he did against West Coast, then there's the two goals that you might have needed in the first half. And it's just something that didn't need to happen. I interviewed your coach, Dennis Pagan, yesterday on, on SEN Kingy, and he spoke and and we reminisced about when Glen Archer and and Wayne Swast were suspended for their prelim and how furious he was. Now, it's a different era, and I don't expect Chris Scott to do what Dennis did back in 1997, but you can understand the frustration because it's not an injury. It's not poor form. It's a, it's a behind-the-play, undisciplined hit that he's, you know, he's re repeated the ninth time in his career, six for striking. So that's why I'm so critical of it. Henderson, you know, five touches, didn't didn't trouble really um, Richmond at all last night. And what about the the, the use of Blixarves? I mean, he's probably out of his weight division up against Tom Lynch last night. But Lynch was hot. Blixarves is continuing to run run around the wing. And I uh, saw on Twitter that Tom Stewart in, in the first 10 minutes of the third quarter was on the interchange bench when Richmond ran right. Was the coaching there? I know you analyse these things pretty critically. You said he, he's coaching exceptionally well in the first half. Did, did they get a bit cute in the third quarter? And, and why would Tom Stewart start on the bench and, and be there for you know, the first 10 minutes when, when Richmond went crazy. I think when you look at round 12, and that's all we can go on is the previous meeting. Yeah, Rewalt wasn't there, so Tom was the focal point. They smacked him up. The, 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 both teams were in a totally different headspace. They were. But you, you know what it's like. When you've played on a given player and you've had great success, you want that next opportunity. Give me this guy. I got him. I got him covered. I know what he does. I'm right to go. And, and Tom was in a different, different physical space then too. Like, he's... He's a guy who's done no pre-season, has played every game this year. He's been unbelievable, as you touched on before, Derm, but I, I don't know. I just I just wonder what the first 13 weeks of the year means when you go win-loss, 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 mm. post-buy. What, what does it really mean? The team that finishes top of the table effectively can't win it. We've seen that in the last 15 years. 
I can't work that out. But I, I just, I just, I just question the constant tinkering with with a team that's clearly the best at the halfway. Mark. So what what is going to what is going to trouble you for the next few hours while we talk about it before the, the first bounce today? Their back line works best with blitz halves in it. The world was screaming out for blitz halves to go back to full back and bring in a proper ruckman after their first final loss. If you look at the composition of their back line, their two smallest and at most agile players are Jed Buse at 186 centimetres, who's good in straight line fast, and Zach Tui, who's 93 kilo, 6'1 6'2". They're the two smallest and agiles. They are desperately tall and big. I, I almost think that they're almost exploitable as a... Uh, a they finished number one, so they're doing a lot right. But I'm, we're talking about absolute you win it. peak. You, you win need it. it to win it. Are they exploitable because they're so big down there and that's why you don't play Blissavs, even though he's he is tall, you want his straight line ability to run and cover the ground in the midfield because you're putting another 6-5er down there if you play him down there. I think you look at the contrast in the two styles. Damien Harwick says we want express. We want a handball. We want a run and gun. So you've got Short, you've got Baker, you've got Hooley. Yep. Uh, um, Loston gets involved. Grimes even gets involved at speed. Yeah. It's it, it's a different look. But you've got three genuine agility players coming yeah. out of the back line. Yeah. And, and Geelong say, well, the game right now, most teams are scoring from four and a half turnovers. So let's not turn the ball over. And they've been the best that's ever recorded at not turning the ball over and paying a price, bringing the ball out of the back line. They only got scored against 1,430 points, I think it was, yeah. roughly that this year. It was an amazing defensive effort for the year. But they it made them up. predictable once teams got to study them. Exactly. They cough up just under 20 points a week, bringing the ball out. And that's an unbelievable start. So you say, we're not going to defeat ourselves. Okay? So we're not... It's not that we haven't got trust in our players. We're just not going to defeat ourselves. Whereas Richmond will say, you know what? We might score five goals out of our back half. We may cough up two or three. We're prepared to give up two. We're pre yeah. Because yeah. If, we get, if we keep getting through, they're going to have to do something about us. So it's just a different mindset. I wonder where it leaves you. Because I always think it's easier to become more defensive. It's harder then to open the, open the shackles and say, right, let, let's go. Let's go and create. Because the players aren't... As, I love him. As I love Matty Scarlett, and it, and I don't know whether it was the great unveiling statement of the year, or or, or whether it taught us them the most. And he's fantastic. He's a great quality bloke, and obviously clearly brilliant at at his craft as a uh, backline coach. But the statement that oh I thought of the season was the game's changed, and I know it's changed since we defend with the ball in our hands. Yeah. Mm. Uh, where to is the question for me, Kane. Where, where, where to from here? There, there are obvious holes. Mm. Um, and and when you, I know Richmond haven't got a great ruck combination, but they invest in ruck. They played two rucks last night. They invest in that position. Both centre square ruckmen the, too. The Premiers last year invest in two ruckmen. Mm. Mm. Like, I, I just think... You can't be blinded by, oh, no, we don't have one. Let's just roll on. Let's well, just they had a crack at goal. They had four years on the table for a 31-year-old from, from North Melbourne, if you, if you read the report. So that says to me that they understand that and they understand that they 
they can't go with what they've gone with. Is it too this late? Year. Is it too well, late? It, it, and, and it might be. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, there are there are players like Sam Jacobs around the traps. There's you know there's players such as Paddy Ryder, but they're not, you know, they're not number one sort of guys. I mean, you're right. The three goals from centre bounce last night, Richmond kicked. There's the game, and and a couple of those were just down the throat of of the Richmond players. So that's that's how important it is. Um, to me, the fact that they've offered. It's a desperation almost play to, to give four years to Goldstein, realises that they understand that. A miss out on Higgins as well, lose Kelly, and the names that I've mentioned that are above 30 and, and, and well into their 30s, if not, you know, Taylor and Ablett perhaps finished. I don't know, it just, I don't know. I don't want to write, you don't want to write teams off in, in September. Uh, yeah, they the finish follow, first. For, for the following yeah. year, they finish first and they're, yeah. they're 20 points up you, in the you, prelim we'll final against. Yeah, exactly. What are we going to do in October? Yeah, exactly, exactly right. So hey, we're only 12 flight. days away from the trade period, <laughs> I know, mate. I know. So, but, but, and they're 20 points up against the best side in the last three years. So, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply doing a lot right but you know that there are some big holes we will open the rapid tune open line one 736 736 rapid tune will keep you moving rapidtune.com.au after the break the award-winning crunch time say hr to a free exclusive service pack across a wide range of models search honda offers new grilled wraps at subway hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants Richmond won the second preliminary final by 19 points, coming from 21 down at halftime. So the Tigers are through the heavy favourites for the Premiership of 2019, as they have been for about the past two months. Who will they play? Collingwood and the Giants in the twilight at the MCG today to fill the billing. On crunch time for Honda and for Subway, you're with Jared Waitley, Kane Corns, David King and Dermot Burton. So a couple of the questions out of last night. What is Richmond miss with Jack Graham. So he played in a premiership in his fifth game and he was instrumental that day. Uh, he's got the dislocated shoulder. It seems a forlorn hope that's, that he would play. Gee. Mm. I, I see the coach last night in the in the press conference after the game almost in tears, almost at breaking point emotionally as to what Jack's done for the group and he's not, he's not going to enjoy the spoils. And that, that is heartbreaking, Jared. And there's always, there is always two or three unlucky players. You're going to talk about Alex Rance later in the week. You'll, you'll throw Jack Graham into that discussion. There'll be another couple of names that just escape me at the moment. But what, what he was able to do last night was, was contribute. And, and I think that story will grow, Dermot. They, they celebrate their own Richmond. And they, are, they are a squad mentality. It's a squad of 40, not, not the 22 that represent. So I, I think it'll be... He'll be lauded this week, but in the end, you miss a grand final. So if I can treat it like a doctor, you know, when doctors give you the worst news straight up, they just hit you between the eyes with it. He's a very good player for them. He's very replaceable, though. He plays a role. They will not be impacted greatly apart from he's best for that role. He's, he's, he's up before the blokes who aren't playing. He's in line for that role before them now. 
I, I reckon they can cover him and have somebody play his role within the team. That pressure, um, he's, he's only a short-ish bloke by league standards, but that pressure mid-size role capable of playing a pressure man in the middle of the ground, what you call it, between the two arcs, he's able to fill that area, that zone. He can play on an opponent and shut them not shut them out, but keep them fairly subdued. He can play the pressure role as well, and he can play in the forward line as one of the small pressure lock it in. And he's a powerful, powerful kid. His role can be filled. Now, that's callous and cold, hard light. Look at it. Yeah, it the is. human element is yeah. a different story, the yeah, one you're is. talking about. Very callous. So this is the coach on Jack Graham last night. You know, Jack Graham, uh, if I'm going to be honest, we packed him up at half time. And he... Um, Saw him walking off the ground and spoke to him on the phone and asked him whether he could go. And he said, yep, I can do it. Where, where it ends up with, with Jack, we're not too sure. But what I know is there'll be a, uh, a chapter in our history that has a massive, uh, massive positive thing for Jack Graham because that, that, that effort was simply incredible. It's, it'll be lauded. It'll mm. be, if he, he had the opportunity to kick the sealer... Um, and if he'd kicked that, imagine what a moment mm. in folklore that you know, would have been. We've nearly done it again, you know. We've nearly done it again, Cornsy. We've nearly talked about what a great performance Richmond have had and not talked about Shane Edwards. No one ever talks <laughs> about Shane Edwards. What, what is wrong with talking about Shane Edwards? <laughs> He's like the man you can't mention on Harry Potter. What's his name? Is Voldemort. It Voldemort. He's Voldemort. No one mentioned Shane. He was unbelievable last night. Yeah, most ground balls on, on the ground last night. He had 12, kicks it at 80%. He just does everything right in big moments. Just just clean as well. And you're right, I, I would have gone this show without speaking about him and without pumping him up, Kingy. So well done for bringing him I up. Put but, request... uh, he... no, oh, you... I put the request in <laughs> last night to speak to him. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just... He wouldn't talk to you? Right. No, no doesn't like me. He, no, he, no, no, he's fine. He's all right with that. He, he just wandered off. He's just a shyish kid and doesn't do all that much media. A um, couple of times I've been down there and, and did some stuff many years ago with the forwards. I was there and, with him. And he was fantastic. He'd always come out and say, yeah, I'll kick to your forwards so that, that you can put it. And just a wonderful young man back then. And uh, can, can I say, Dermot, and this, this is a, a build from many years ago, Jared. And... and I think Francis Jackson and the recruiting department just get smashed for the Lance Franklin decision. But they never get the positive um, reinforcement about the 06 draft of Rewalt and Edwards. Like those two picks. I think they were, one was pick 11 or 13, which was Jack, and the next pick was Shane Edwards at about mid-20s. That, that, that's an unbelievable selection. So they, you get to build around those guys. So... I think it's. Uh, I think Shane again shows why he's an absolute star of the Richmond Football Club. No one will talk about him. You know what? He'll probably become a, a, a Hall of Fame member at Richmond, the most anonymous Hall of Fame member <laughs> at Richmond. <laughs> and Revolt was pick thirteen. Basha Hulley's got nothing to worry about at MRO. I realise that has now been replayed, but that fails at every level as to whether it's a reportable incident, the level of force, the intent behind it. So I get that these moments get focused on out of prelims because the stakes are so high, but that, that'll be cl all clear. Uh, just to go back to your previous question, can you play a first gamer in a grand final? Well, it's such an interesting question. Marlon Bigot. Uh, yeah. Mm. But yeah I, I think Damien would be tempted. If... I really do. So wouldn't, wouldn't you play the bloke who stars? So they've got the best dress rehearsal imaginable, don't they? They've got a VFL grand final to put them through their paces tomorrow. Yeah, if Marlon Pickett's Sydney, best on ground... Yeah. Oh, it's it's between go, Stack and, and Pickett. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a match oh. race.
I'd probably go Stack. I just just to know that he's been there. He's played Friday night footy before. He's played in big games, and he hasn't looked overawed. I think I'd go with what I'd know, provided you know Jared he, he gets through and looks okay today. And he's too he's early. In good shape. You've done it again, mate. You're going too going early. Too early. Yeah, just, well, that's what, what we have to do. It's yeah. right, right now. I'm going. I'm going to guy. I'm going to get that, that clip. Is proven. Come I'm going to get that clip from the '86 Cox Plate. Are they gone too early? <laughs> you just went with Pickett. You just went with Pickett, Kenny. I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying. Can you? Can, uh, I think yeah, it's Damien, too early. It's too early. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, mate. Just call your jets. The rapid tune open line one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Just want to get a sample from our community this morning. Matt's in WA. Welcome, Matt. Morning, guys. Um, I just want to chat. Now, Jack Graham last night. I can't think of another in-game injury in recent times where someone's come back on and sort of played through that amount of pain. I've dislocated my shoulders several times uh, back when I was playing football and oh, there was no way I was ever going to come back on um, and this is said to me at the time uh, how come, why is he coming back on, why is he going to risk more injury and I said to say to him, I said it's about getting the job done now not not about next week because the game was far from over obviously um, I just think that's out there with one of the most courageous things I've ever seen that's, that's, that's tough and that's obviously what uh, finals footy is but uh, he's got to be commended, if they go on and win the flag Jeez, uh, I know they don't give honorary medals, but he could almost deserve one for the way he went last night. Well, the Bulldogs did. <laughs> yeah, the coach mm-hmm. give his to Bob. Hey, yeah, and how many times did you do your shoulder and what was the quickest between those intervals, those times? Um, so the first time I did it, I was 18. I got shoved over the line in about a minute to go in a practice match, in a pre-season match. Yep. Uh, that was... I come back two weeks later, um, yep. and I probably shouldn't have. Was it a proper dislocation uh, or was it an AC yeah. separation? Yeah, it was out for 40-odd minutes until yep. I got to the hospital to get it. Uh, so the ligaments in. loosened on that. Yep, go on. Yep, yep. And then I did it uh, another five or six times after until I had surgery within the uh, about 12 months. So but each it time... Looser and looser. Yeah, so each time it got looser, those ligaments are, are, are still... Awful the pain, but from what everything I've been told and the players I've stood next to and watched them pop out, each time it pops out, the ligament's been looser, the pain is less. Was that the case with you? Uh, yeah, it is. So the first time was definitely the worst. That was that was horrendous. And I was watching him come off last night, so it wasn't even on a strapped shoulder, so it had to look like there's been a previous issue. But you, your whole body, you can't move any part of your body without a pain going through your part of, through your shoulder. It's it's. Horrendous. So once it got back in, the pain might have subsided, but the street, he would have had no strength. I don't know how he got through the game. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for your call. Just, to, just to, to finish on that one, the guys I've spoken to and I've stood next to them and watched them pop their shoulders in in quick succession week after week. They felt that it, the pain got less each time. You were more at risk of it popping out, but you were more capable of playing on with strapping each time you did it. At some stage, you're going to have to go in there and get it operated on and get them all, like, grabbing a knot of hair and just twirling it until it all tightens up. You've got to get it done at some stage. Thanks, Matt. John's in Mill Park. John, welcome. Good afternoon, gentlemen, and thanks for taking my call. Um, just a, a couple of things. I've been listening to um, Kane Corns. I, I don't know, and I love listening to him, actually, but I tend to think that the, the dual ruck that Richmond applies at the moment has been actually quite successful. And, and I'll give you my reasons why, and obviously you guys are the expert and you'll, and you'll tell me if I'm right or wrong. But since the West Coast game, after half-time, Ivan Soldo has absolutely dominated the rucks and he's been given us hit-outs to our advantage. Where in the past, 
It's been more um, Nankervis trying to nullify the opposition ruck. And I think the two work very, very well in tandem. Now, obviously, in the first half, we looked quite slow. But once the game got going and Solgo then started to dominate Stanley because Stanley wasn't as big as him, I thought we got the advantage there. And just a replacement for Jack Graham. I can't see Jack Graham. But, guys, do not rule out Jack Ross. This mm. kid, um, should, if not injured, would have still been playing today for Richmond. And let's not forget, when he came his, his first game back, he played on Patrick Cripps and actually did a really good job on him. Mm. So I think they've got, as Dermot said, yes, from a mental point of view, I agree with Kingy, but there's plenty of replacement in that reserves team that can step straight into that role and play that role for Richmond. Good on you, John. Kane? Yeah, well, they only had uh, four hit-outs to advantage between them last night, Soldo and Nan Curvis. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not saying you won't go that way, but it'll be a question for the match committee, you know, 50-odd percent game time and 60%, or do you go, if it's Collingwood, up against their pretty star-studded midfield, do you go with another runner um, and, you know, let one of them go to work on Brody Grundy? That, that'll be the question for them and, and something they'll weigh up. I don't expect them to make a change, but certainly worth thinking about. Joe's in Footscray. Welcome, Joe. Afternoon, guys. Uh, just uh, on last night, what did you think about Liam Baker? Like, he gives us heaps going forward, but I saw Geelong just exit through him so many times because he's so short. Like, did you notice that? Funny enough, we were just chatting off mic a little while ago and just singing his praises how good he is, how wonderful he is at pressure and the likes. But when he is, and it's not Richmond's by design, it's not what they want, when he is trapped... In a one-on-one, someone like Gary Ablett, who's not a big man by league football standards, in a marking contest, overpowered him, which is not ideal when you get a defender, a stay-at-home defender, who can be trapped one-on-one. That that long shot which Gary took at goal, he shouldn't have taken it, shouldn't have uh, taken the pot at, but that was because he just bodied Baker out, who was fairly set and capable of... Fighting from there, his his body mass doesn't allow him to fight that type of fight. So that's a worry, but Richmond are so well organised, rarely does he have to fight the battle one-on-one he, in he a marking He doesn't have to contest. worry about it in the air, does he? That, that's covered by other... Well, he doesn't, other, like, but it might cost players. you a couple. It, it might, might cost it you might. a couple of shots at goal. Yeah, in the first half, this is the gap in the game, right? The first half, Geelong won 16 ground balls inside their forward 50. 16. They averaged 20 for a game through the course of the year. So 16 and a half is just ridiculous. In the second half, they won two. So those players you're talking about at ground level just mopped everything up. Yep. So it becomes about where you want to be strong. And, and Geelong have been strong there all year. Ground balls inside their forward 50, but a couple of them got tired. And, and you look at Ablett and you say, did he get to as many contests as what he did in the first 13 weeks? Could they have done... I, I've got no doubt the Geelong hierarchy would sit back and say, could we manage him better? Could we have given him a block of weeks off in the middle of the year? No five-day breaks, no six-day. Yeah. Only every second six-day break these game. Yeah, in yeah, can't yeah you? absolutely. So yeah. uh, where they were strong, they were strong last night. But where Richmond was strong, so everyone talks about contested footy like it's the it's the be all end all. Geelong are number one through the course of the year since round fifteen. That they were plus four, third in the competition. Richmond minus five on average for clearances. That is fifteenth in the competition. But in terms of getting it on the scoreboard. Richmond are plus nine points. Geelong are plus four points. So as much ball as you win, it's about how you move it, what your system is, what your what your one wood is. And Richmond's one wood, in my opinion, 
is so far the best one in the competition because you, it takes away so much of what you do. That forward handballing game, it just renders your def, you, the opposition defenders useless immediately. If they're holding space or taking a dominant position or assertive, as you say, dominant. playing in front, <laughs> playing in front, you, you, all of a yeah. sudden you're panicking. Yeah. You're worried, where's your man? And, and those players at speed, Rioli and Bolton, are so important to how Richmond play. So the way the, the mechanics of how Richmond play takes so much off the opposition, that's why they can score so quickly. I love all that stuff, you know, all these new terminologies, dominant position. <laughs> that's playing in front. And the other one is there's a stat for picking up the loose ball get in the back line, yeah. recovering the loose ball get in the back line. We call that backman picking the ball up. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's in Noosa. Hello, Bill. Hey, guys. Uh, just wondering, uh, do Richmond play their replacements Sunday or do they... With the possibility they might not even play a grand final, or do okay. they, um, Good there's precedence here. There's precedence, That's and it question. goes back to the Hawthorne oh, no. Box Hill game. No, no. There was a little bloke wearing no. 33, no. and Box Hill had a chance of oh. winning the grand final, and they took off the little bloke in number 33 at half time, and and cost themselves a chance of winning that. Premiership in the VFL. You're he then played the next week and won a grand final. It's a problem. So they Jim. play him. They will. Problem. They will play Stack. They will play whoever it is. Marlon. Marlon. Marlion. They will play those lads, and they probably will play them for sixty minutes at most in case they have a chance to play next week. Drew's with us in Ferntree Gully. Hello, Drew. Uh, good afternoon, gents. Um, now, 75% of you guys have played finals. The other 25% haven't, but... Um, <laughs> Rule? There's oh. two-pronged question. Two-pronged question about umpires. Um, now, players want to put on a good performance so they can get picked for the next final or the grand final. Yep, yep. Umpires would be the same, wouldn't they? Yep. Correct, yep. All right, so, Dr. Derm, <laughs> you give it straight up. <laughs> Last Sorry, night, mate. last yeah. night, yeah. did any of those umpires deserve to go and umpire the GF? Oh, uh, good question. I, I run against popular theory. Most times. I <laughs> I actually think Ray is in very good form. Wow. He, he didn't, he, he pulled a couple of um, decisions that I thought were very, very poor in the first quarter. What about um, the, 50? the 50 on half time is the big one. So, so... Trent Cotchin picks up the ball. They're not sure which way the free kick goes, to Dangerfield or to Hooley. Hooley calls for the ball. So Cotchin throws it to Hooley and Ray gives a 50 on the 50. So it's a give-up give goal. It's, it, that one there, I think, that if the umpire's department say, correct call, which it is. It's 100% correct. Yeah, it may be just a little tick to the grand final. Yeah. I oh. thought the three humps last night hey. did a really good job. I, I think Ray is in a really good they're the, club, they're the clubhouse leaders, those three. Mm. Yeah, they are. I'm yeah. worried for what Ray was his bouncing, but I actually thought he bounced it pretty well last night. I think he had one that he might have called back, but in the end, he uh, there, there was one incident, I forget the, the player, but Ray was the non-controlling umpire, and uh, the player kicked it the wrong way, and Ray was there saying, stop, 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 should have gone to the opposition. They didn't pay a 50. I thought that could have been a 50. And there was also another uh, where Tom Stewart ran through the protected area, and Ryan was big. didn't, and mm. Ryan didn't pay the 50. That was yes. big. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple of yeah. errors there and, that I thought. So 
that's what we want, isn't it, when we get to next week? Don't call that 50, well, even want, though at the start of the year that as, was clearly a 50. As often as we can, we want Ray in the non-controlling <laughs> area of the ground. Who's <laughs> our caller? This is a great call. It was. It's true. It's yeah, well done, Drew. Fancy Drew's on the others. Uh, do, you had a second point, didn't Drew, you, Drew? It's true, Chamberlain. Yes, I did. It's, it's towards you, Jared, in, in the sense of well, the game um, and you're watching it and you, you see such as the, the 50 metres uh, that were missed or should have or, or didn't and things like that. Uh, are you pulling back on the reins where you can't make comment about that? No, not at all. Uh, with, with like, a, like a disappointment or, or anything like that? Are you saying, well, that was bad or you can make that call? Yeah, we, we can call it as we see it uh, on what our opinion of it is. And there are a couple last night. There was a well, there was a mark paid to Lynch when the man in front had had his hand on it. So that was O'Connor, I think, and we discussed that at the time. But the 50, it couldn't not pay the 50 on half time. The one in the protected area, that I think as a football community, we're pleading that that doesn't get paid. Really? I think so. No. That was a 50 every day. That's yeah, why we yeah, brought the rule in. That was the rule at the start of the yeah, year. Because he tried to kick it. That's the exact yeah, and he reason we brought yeah, the rule yeah, in. Yeah. So th- there was a bigger one that was a free kick paid on the boundary line at yeah, the top the of one 50 where... I think it was Bolton squared the ball up to three Richmond players who were all by themselves. It was a set shot at goal and they called it back for a free kick to Grind Myers, which really enhanced his popularity on the night. <laughs> but that was, a, that was a strange one. Um, but I thought they did a great job. We, we worry too much about the umpires. Mm. The players sorted out the game last night. Yeah, I think if if the um, if the grand final was umpired in the manner that the prelim was last night, we'd we'd we're leave happy. comfortable, wouldn't yeah, we? We're happy. All right, Kane, you've got a, a plane to catch to get here. Um, on route to the MCG, it's going to be big. So I've got to, I just want to leave you with a sentiment. Have they gone too early? (laughs) 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 See you here, Kate. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Do you reckon he's gone a bit early? (laughs) He's a clock down. He's before the clock there every time, Kane. He doesn't see the clock down. When Bart said count to ten, no, Kane gets to one. Bang, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) There's no hands and heels with corns. She pulled the shillelagh. Shortly we will turn our attention in the crunch to uh, what's coming this afternoon. And 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 where it leaves us. And Kane was compelling on the Essendon succession plan, so we'll put that on the table in uh, in crun- in the crunch as well and see where it leaves us. Um, but as we sit here now, so I reckon Kingy, just before just before the buy, you identified what Richmond's season was. It was a a shuttle campaign, and that meant leaving the players out of the trip to Adelaide. It was a Thursday yep. night game, I think. Yep identified it really clearly and they haven't been beaten since. So this is a brilliantly orchestrated campaign hanging grimly, grimly through wretched luck. Lose a place in the eight at one stage and then set your eyes to where it was going to rectify and have everything right for it. They spend a large part of the year just either out of the eight or out of the top four. So there's not many campaigns come from that sort of area, Dermot. I can't recall a team that's going to have to win 12 straight to win the grand final. It's a big ask in itself. It's a a big run. Yeah. It's a huge run. Against the best teams at the pointy end, clearly. And I think their their last fortnight into the finals really prepped them well. West Coast. That West Coast game at the G, they played, I think, Brisbane uh, at the G. It it was perfect for them to to actually get a bit of a a hit out. when you look at the management of their year, Jared, it's it's a complete contrast to last year. 
Last year they got to a position, a bit like Geelong, got to a position so early it's, okay, what do we do now? What, what, where's the lure? We've got nothing to chase anymore. We're already top. We can't move. And they lost their way fractionally and lost their, lost their hunger to, to be their best having achieved the year before. So they were, they, they've always been, well, in this era of this good football, they've been a team which loves the grind. They know their opposition. They play their formulated football and they're prepared to have it close for a lot of the match but outlast the opposition and grind and grind away and eventually outrun them. What, what, what about... Getting through the game, Derm. So I reckon there was a stage halfway through the second quarter where Cotchen was limping around, Martin was limping around. Mm. They had Graham off the ground. Um, start of the third quarter, um, Bolt, uh, what's his name, gets knocked out. Uh, Broad gets knocked out. You're thinking, wow, I'd love to be Collingwood or GWS just sitting back waiting for this next week. And then by the end of the game, you're saying, you know what? Same old talks. Same old talks. <laughs> yeah. they've, they've got through the game. Well, I know there's... There's the Graham story and, and Broad will become a story. But they've got through the game pretty well. I got, I, I met Broadie and, and known him a little bit. I got to speak to him after the game. I said, no, you know, don't want to interview on there, mate. Just take your time, stay with your, your friends here and chat with them. But how are you feeling? And he looked at me and said, yeah, he said I had to come off. But I'm, he said, I'm feeling fine. He said, I, I can't see any real problems. And he was... It was very together and with it. I, I think, you know, if you were looking at playing tomorrow, I think he'd put his hand up. So I think the the next, uh, the extra day, making it an eight-day break, I think he'd be fine. He, he was concussed, Jared, and, and Dermot and him were on the same wavelength. Mm. <laughs> it was a perfectly lucid and sensible yeah. conversation. And funny enough, he asked about you. <laughs> so Richmond were ninth after round 14. Yep. So even when we talk unlikely premiers, as it's always been the Bulldogs in 16, they spent the whole year in the eight. They never lost a place in the eight from he, round one onwards. He's a mate. Of, he's a great mate of AFL three hundred and sixty. Are you worried about Jack Rewald? Uh no, I, I'm not? not. No, because he found a way to do something last night. I know he kicked three behinds in the last quarter, but the ball that he got out the back to Martin was a moment yeah, of genius. He, he had the run do down things. tackle. I know. I know yeah. he can do things. He's a good. He's a great player. But he had just. He had just worried that it was pretty much all Tom Lynch last night. Really, forward of centre. Mm. Until Dusty did a couple of things, Jack did a couple of things, but really, I'm he, not. He's horribly out of form. And the reason being so is long over a period of over, time. I reckon over a period. He's kicked goals when games have been over. So, the, the, yeah. I think he kicked three against Brisbane when the game was done. Oh, I did, but he did kick. He kicked just, four in the first quarter of the round twenty-three game against Brisbane. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 look. I'm not talking negatively about him. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just putting a little. The, the three that he kicked. I'm not. You kick goals, fantastic. But the, seriously, he jogged into those marks. The, the, if you actually have a look at how those those goals were eventuated on the centre clearance, uh, centre clearance, absolute pure ball. You, you'd have to. You, you couldn't have dropped him if you tried, Jared. It would have broken his nose if you dropped the, two of those. But I'm. I'm just. I'm just worried that, you know, that, that this year's been really hard for Jack. It's been difficult for him mm. to, to handle some injuries and to come back and be his absolute best. If he's his best next week, I don't care who they play. They've got, they got a forward line that'll light up with Lynch in the form that he's in. It, it become unstoppable. So, to me, that's, that's the little asterisk. All right, Skill set, though, they, they had to go to Lynch last night. Geelong get a well-populated back line, so you're always going to direct the ball instinctively to the tallest 
high marking targets. So After it was the always break, going away from the me. The Giants and the Pies this afternoon. Crunch time for Honda and Sutton. The award winning Crunch Time. Say HR to a free exclusive service pack across a wide range of models. Search Honda Offers. New grilled wraps at Subway. Hot off the grill and ready to thrill at participating restaurants. Jared Waitley, Dermot Burton and David King with you in the crunch on crunch time as we cast an eye toward this afternoon or the twilight today. Just a little memo come through, Jared. I won't say who from. Mm. He's a big bloke, played centre forward for this team. 16 in a row to win it in 2001, <laughs> the Brisbane Lions. I'm not going to say who. Jonathan. Did I didn't he... say any names. Oh, did I he just... get a kick that day? He would have. He got clipped, I know, didn't he? He would have taken a couple with him. <laughs> they were ninth after round nine, the Lions, that year. The, l- the last team to come from outside the eight in the back half of the season was Adelaide in 98. Oh, you always find a way to bring that up, Jared, don't you? Uh, <laughs> yes, I can no. remember being oh, six and five oh, no at the turn. Six and five. That's as bad as it got and for Hawthorne. winning. Six and five. Winning the premiership. <laughs> oh, I, I'm beginning to hate Hawthorne. I think we only lost five that oh, year. Here we go. Oh. That, that decade. <laughs> the, uh, the Crows were 10th after round 12, so the Tigers are coming from 9th after round 14. So, um, yeah, it's historically rare. So, so it, start of this year, we said we want to see different things. We want... We want the, the coaches to still have the tools to work with. We're going to make some subtle changes, but we still want them to be able to play with the game and, and orchestrate different modes of winning. Richmond have done that. Richmond don't rely on the norm. We don't see congestion and contested footy be everything to Richmond. And I, and I, I think every coaching panel now will have to sit back and say, well, if this is the way the game's going, we're going to open up a bit. I mean, slow, slow football has died. In the last four weeks, Brisbane, Geelong, to a point West Coast, it's it's been shown up, so I think I think twenty twenty reads well for the average footy fan, the, the, the neutral viewer, that the things are going to open up and things are going to become quicker. Craig Jennings had that match up last night as the Matadors and the Bulls, <laughs> and in the first half, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. The Matadors kept the Bulls out of the yeah. running lane, yeah. and then in the second half, right from the start, the Bulls were just charging. It's a very good description. It was isn't it? excellent. The way he set it up on Wednesday, yeah. to the way it played out, you if he followed back. it. On Wednesday, he's hilarious, Jenna. He's, he's a, a lateral thinker and he themes games. Oh, geez, I'm going to get into him then. If he's yeah, no, you'll, you'll love him. He's um, the, the Matadors and Bulls thing is is enormous because I think when you look at how Geelong scored in that in that first half, they, they totally dis. Can, can you can you play like that, Dermot? Like the, the science of the game, the the, the chess game that, that is that is AFL football from the coach's box. Can you play that for 120 minutes? Because it comes a point where it probably breaks. No, what you do, my belief is you coach him from the coach's box for the the principles, your layout, and the like. There comes a time in every game where all chips are, are in, yeah. and, and it turns into a one-on-one on a few occasions when fatigue gets into them in the last quarter. If the game's still on the line, they're playing footy. They they'll have their set systems and the likes, but no amount of match simulation can. You know, in, in terms of your grid out, your, your, the way you play, your, your cluster, your zone, whatever you want to call it, it gets to a point where they just play footy at some stage. Da- Dangerfield would, would be an interesting um, bubble inside of his head today, Jared. That third quarter when you talked about this 10-minute block. There's never been a more important 10 minutes for Geelong than that 10 minutes after, after halftime last night. And they just couldn't. They just couldn't get their hands on the footy. They couldn't. They couldn't be as brutal as they were in the first half. 
And I reckon Paddy would sit back and say, oh, I'd probably spend a bit too much time at full forward. I probably didn't inject myself into the game. You know, I, I know who's in at centre bounces and they, for whatever reason, the, I think that we talk about the game being set up for the stars and, and they've got to play their part. They've actually got to be the stars. So to win, to win the prelim final, which I'll go to it again, is the hardest game of the year to win. Um, in the modern system. I know Derm, Derm, the luxury of bypassing prelims back in the day with a different final structure, but I still think it's the hardest game to win. That 10 minutes will be the most reviewed 10 minutes at, at Geelong in the off-season. It, it's, it, it's hugely reminiscent of 2013 uh, where Geelong were heavy underdogs against Hawthorne. They led them by 20 points at three-quarter time. Ultimately, they weren't quite good enough in in prospect and in reality. And I had a hunch that last night would be reasonably similar and I reckon that's exactly what happened. Mm. Brilliantly set up, played their hearts out, got a 20-point lead, ultimately not good enough against the head-to-head opponent, which was well forecast. And Big Jonathan got 16 touches in that grand final. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I want to move us to today, okay? <laughs> Two goals. Hugely emotional week for the Giants. Oh, probably too much so in the way that they've engaged in it. So how does it how does it assist them this afternoon? So let's debate the issue first. Thank God I got rid of Kane. So it's we've moved from 75-25 to 66-33. <laughs> so we've all had our views during the week. So <laughs> the, way, leave, the week-to-week comparison is an insult to our intelligence. So I just want to lay that out first. But the nitty-gritty of the Toby Green case is this. Did Green and the Giants adequately explain what his hand was doing in the eye region of Lockie Neal. Do they have to? Yes, because he was charged. So it's the only way to beat the charge. Okay, that's for that. The only way to beat the charge, it's not to get emotional, it's not that the system is stacked against him, he's victimised. You have to adequately explain what is his hand doing in the eye region of Lockie Neal. So what, what you're now saying is you've found him guilty for having his hand there without evidence that it's done something rather than coming from the other angle, which is you've got to prove your innocence when you're charged. Yes, you've got to defend yourself. But this is you're being charged without evidence that you have eye gouged. No, no. There's an encompassing rule they've got him with hand. His hand is unnecessarily in the eye region of Lockie Neal. That's as far as the charge goes. So, so you have to not have disprove it. that. It might not have touched Did it. Did they adequately disprove that in but the cases that they made? To that, me, that, that's a nonsense to suggest that you can do that to somebody, charge them, because it's in the region. I'm two metres from you. If I extend my arm out, I'm going to get close to your eye region. I'm not going to touch it. There, there was contact that was conceded in the case. Now, and where the contact was is disputed... But the only way to beat the charge, and all all the charge says is that you unnecessarily had your hands in the eye region of the opponent. So when you strip all the emotion out of it, you had to adequately argue that case. Having had some experience at the tribunal, (laughs) I would say, why bother to ask the recipient, who was on the receiving end, obviously, of the charge, Lucky Neil, why get evidence there? Because that corroborates the Giants' angle. Mm. Why bother? I think that's more compelling than saying, tell us why your hand was there. You're playing a contact sport with no offside rule. Hands, feet, knees, whatever is going to go everywhere. Yeah. So both, it was interesting. So there are three, there are five former players made this decision and one lawyer. Right? So this is your brethren. 
soft as butter. Bloody Dickie Knee and Crizzo and Richard Loveridge, that is. <laughs> All those side-feeding them. Cuddly teddy bears, a lot of them. Jack, Jack Revolt and Adam Trelaw said they had never been touched in the face in such a manner in all their time playing football. Never had contact. So in a sport where there are arms and legs everywhere, they had never been touched in such a manner. Yes, that's another conversation. (laughs) Do you know what? I watched those Rene King highlights on the front bar the other night. (laughs) And I do not understand how you blokes didn't kill each other when you were playing the game in such a savage manner. It was was It's unbelievable. Some of the things. I went through it with your great mate Robbo once and it took us 45 minutes to watch 20 minutes of the opening quarter of the 85 grand final. <laughs> and I would rewind and say, see that? And he went, now what? And I said, watch this. Watch this bloke's foot. And he goes, he's kicked him. I said, yeah, <laughs> hang on, watch this. And then one of the Hawthorne blokes, he goes, watch this. You see that? No. Nah. He's elbowed him in the back of the head. He said, yeah, deliberate. There was about 30 incidents in 15 minutes. I don't even understand the yeah. game that so you let's used to go, play. Do you yeah. <laughs> so let's can get I back to up, this one now. Can though? I throw up yeah. a couple of things? Yep. I, I think this is – there's two things for me, two two logical reason, things going forward. One is that we change the terminology to an in foot, a, a football act and a non-football act. So, that, so when you – don't worry about careless. When you do something that's a normal football action that's gone wrong, that's a football act and you get a penalty along associated with that. So yep. if you punch someone in the back of the head in a marking contest, but we know, all know you you punch them in the back of the head, that's an in-play, normal football, a natural football action that's gone wrong. Okay? And you can <laughs> grade it from there. you off the hook there. And then when you go outside of that, so anything that's eye-gouging, kicking, um, yeah, elbowing behind play, anything off the ball will be a non football It's not a natural act. It's not an in-play, normal football act. I think that's so much easier to separate and find better wording. This this rubbish of his hands are in the region or his – it's uh, – we're not saying he eye gouts and we're not saying he raked the face, but his hands are in a region. I mean, come on. What is that? So is Toby's a football act or a non-football act? It's a act? non-football act. So, so this, is not, this is not part of our game. So explain your actions. And if you've what got you've a great got here, David, well, you, we'll have, you have a situation where our sport has no offside rule. We've got zones at the, at the bounce of the ball. It's not that it was offside. So, hey, yeah, no, wait, because you're always grappling with each other. At any stage, you can be grappling no, with each other. Yes, See me, hear me through. Now, what actually happens here, Toby Green has decided at some stage he likes blokes being uncomfortable playing around him. So he's going to do everything within his power to make them uncomfortable through physical acts, through, as you would call them, non-footballing acts. He's along the way decided he's found areas where there is no encompassing terminology rule. Hence, we now have a studs-up rule. We've gone 120 years without a studs-up rule. Toby Green, twice in the state of one season put studs up when he's in possession of the ball because there is a grey area and he's made it his charter to make the opposition player dreadfully uncomfortable with playing against him. So we make a studs up rule. He now works out that if you jump on somebody and there's a pack... I love Toby Green, but he is... He plays on edge and he plays that nastiness role. He likes you... He does as well. He likes you to feel uncomfortable being around him. So what he gets, he gets the inside of his palm, the the base, the stub of his palm, and he rubs it back and across, uh, back and forward across the face 
of an opposition player who's on the ground and can't defend himself. Is it nice? Is it is it lovely? No, it's completely the opposite. Is there a rule that states it is a reportable offence? No. So we make up an encompassing... What, what, what's the term? So it was unnecessary, unnecessary and unreasonable, unreasonable contact. contact. That's the only thing we could get him on. Because yeah, he has that. played the rules, so what we're doing now is inventing rules to make up for his actions, which are finding grey areas. Because that's the character yeah, is. He likes to make you uncomfortable. That there was a rule. Is this rule wasn't invented? Yeah, it's a free kick. Week. It's a free kick. No, it's it's a reportable offence. To put your hand that, in someone's face. Unreasonable or unnecessary contact to the eye region is a reportable offence. Well, we've that's gone 120 got, years without one of them. Well, that's why he got caught. Yeah. But we've so got 120 Green rule. years of that with it. If that is the case, if you're saying that rule exists, yeah. we've gone since 1896 without that rule imposing a suspension on someone. Yeah. Can, it, can it, That brings me to my point, is that fines are useless. Fines are not a deterrent. That they don't they don't change behaviour. Okay, you have to take football off these guys. You have to make suspensions the penalty. Now, whether I think it's time to bring back the suspended sentence. So, Toby, you got a five thousand dollar fine and a one week suspended sentence last week. If you come back here oh. in the next twelve months, the next twenty two games for something outside of the code, a non football act, you will be starting at a week. That that stops him doing what he does the second week. Get Reese Jones and David on the line. He had more suspended sentences than anyone else, and he kept he yeah. kept getting reported. That, I don't think it was a deterrent to him. No, I know, but they were the days where you used to club him every second week, and he had to club you back. That was, it was so, so he would have missed worked. today under that suspended. Yeah, and that's sentence. fine. And, and as soon as he turns up, you say, you know what, mate, you've got this week hanging over your head for a non-football act. It can it can cover everything. It's, it's a catch-all. So whether it's putting his hands in an unreasonable position or, or elbowing someone in the back of the head or or tripping or what... Mate, you're acting outside the game. You burn a pickle, you got the one week. Mm. Simple as that. That, that. that to me, this rubbish of what's gone on with Ben Cunnington this year is the start, is the absolute start of this mess we're in right now. And we've decided to fix it up preliminary final week. We've let it go for three months and taken a stance at the wrong time of the year. We, we haven't had a suspension for round 18, that was. Yeah. Up until... So we're six weeks since... Since we're back to back. Since, uh, oh, 23, do, five, do, do you think four, the suspended sentence could come back? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of sense in what you've just articulated. Do, do you think it could come so back? So here's a fine, the but suspended the real sentence? kicker is... The real kicker. It's yep. a little kick, a little slider. Yep. Yeah, I, I think it has to... You remember how we used to have the loading... I think the, the suspended sentence at best needs to be at the discretion of the uh, of the of the panel if you go to tribunal. Yeah, you've got to stop players going the going the tribunal. You've got to stop them. Oh, it's not that bad. Dermot Burton, David King on crunch time. Uh, <laughs> what does take place this afternoon <laughs> for Honda and for Subway next? Why you look at the events of Tuesday when this succession plan was revealed, it was the wrong decision for the future of this once proud club. The Bombers haven't won a final in 15 years. Now, perhaps this week's events are an insight as to why. The club and the board lacks courage to make the tough decisions that are in the best interests of the team, and that is never good. Kane Corns, two thumbs down on Essendon's succession strategy with Ben Rutten to take the reins in 2021. He believes it's a holding pattern. So it's either new best practice, a gamble, 
or as Kane put it, the holding pattern not following through on where you uh, on what you believed. Where are you in this debate, King? Where's the audio of the '86 Cox played again, Jerry? <laughs> He's gone early, the boy. Have they gone too early? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone early. Uh, look, there's no right or wrong. There really isn't. And there's there's a hundred different ways to win a game of footy, and there's different structures. I'm a massive believer in having a, a manager that has great relationships with the players and that's his primary focus. And then next to that, you have the strategy department and the, the mechanics of how you play. You should have separate. that in your, in your coaching department yeah. anyway. You should have good cop, bad that, cop. That, that's all this is, isn't it? For 12 months? I don't think it's a tremendously strong decision. Why? John made a lot of noise about I've only been here for X amount of time. I had lost years because but of he the. Did. He be, did. I'm not saying whether he did or didn't. That's the noise he made, and I agree with him. That's the situation. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. And he's made that noise. I want to continue. I, my look from the outside and knowing how boards think. Obviously, I don't understand how Essendon thinks intricately, but having been on a board and knowing what they think. I think they've they've gone a little bit half pregnant here, thinking I don't reckon John is the man for us in the future, but he's been a good citizen, so we'll give him one so we can organise his life. What happens if things go tremendously right for them next year? What happens if Joe Danaher just does stay on and just does become everything we saw him as a player three years ago? They, mate, they could make. They could play the preliminary final or better. A couple of additions. What happens if things go right? Do you unseat the coach then for the new bloke with no track record as a senior coach to come in and trust him to take them from fourth to first, sixth to, to the, the top two? But that's the other option, isn't it? I mean, Kane's saying they should have sacked Warsfold and put Rutten in charge. And that's ex- effectively that's what, what I, you're saying. Well, so, 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 so what's they're the half pregnant. But what's, so what's the difference then? between having those same reservations about putting the guy in charge. I mean, we don't know where this is going to go. I think I think we're going too early with this. I think the landscape with coaching is changing before our eyes and the quicker us from the outside world get a grip on this, the better. I don't think it's as simple as senior coach, he's the, he's the man who dictates everything anymore. I don't think it's that. Look at, look at the change in Nathan Buckley over the last 18 months, two years. The change in Damien Hardwick, he was a different man th- four years ago, three years ago. And he's coached for a long time now. They ch- they've changed. It's, it's, it's a different look now. I don't, think, I don't think necessarily the mechanics of how you play is everything anymore. It's more relationship-based. And if you've got, if you've got dual um, coaches, effectively, is that, a, is that a bad thing? Okay. I'll address one of those things you mentioned. Ben Rutten, if he comes in next year, the pathway from being forgetting to be a senior coach is come through and be a line coach, come through the system in that regard and you eventually get to that situation. Being a senior coach is remarkably different to every job you do apart from coaching your own team in that pathway. So you don't really know. So you have fixed and locked in with somebody you don't know yet. You're going to have worry next year, uh, sorry, the year after when Ben Rutten comes in and you might find yourself, I don't know whether they go up, down, round, sideways, they might be differently placed. 
and they might there think Ben Rutten is not the person for us but then. That happens every time. We, we, we replace a coach. That happens every well, time. Well, don't lock him in. No, but why, why wouldn't you say, okay, John, come and share the responsibilities for 12 months. Let's let's give Ben as much as he can do next year. Now, you bite off the whole... If you can do the whole job, Ben, John will take a back seat. So it's, it's part of managing up, managing a board, all those sorts of things, managing the, the greater club, managing the players. If he can only do 70% of that next year as a, a fact-finding 12 months, who are you, where are you going to go, then I think that's a strong starting point. Well, there's more to talk about this, but you've just waved me off, Jared. I have, yeah. I have. Well uh, done, Jared. If you are going to the footy this <laughs> afternoon, make sure you grab the record. Week 3 finals souvenir edition for 10 bucks. thanks to Karcher, the official 2019 partner of the AFL record. Peter Blucher's written a piece, the 10-year draft retrospective. It's brilliant. We'll put that aside as that it'll be a great talking point on the way to the next draft. Uh, it's a ripper to have a look through. So who is going to join Richmond in the grand final? The 40 Winks serious about sleep tips. The 40 Winks massive blackout sale is on this weekend. Third time to the preliminary for the Giants and I think they've been incredibly good. I just think they've lost too many soldiers along the way now. You know how there's normally a blowout preliminary final. I can't see it being a blowout. I think they're going to they're going to take them pretty close. I think their game style has turned into a real grind, a real battle. It's a, blowouts happen with teams who like to play flamboyant football. This is not a flamboyant team anymore. The biggest talking point out of today. Well, who we leave out for Jordan Degoe? <laughs> Very good. David King, Dermot Brereton on crunch time for Honda and Subway. We're at the MCG next in the build-up. Mason Cox and Stephen Canelio. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.